0: hey everyone uh Rudy here bringing you another podcast uh want to apologize for the long break there but um, it was a much needed break uh been super busy at the shop recently uh, or at least I should say during Christmas time we were very busy and um, you know between trying to shoot my bow and finding time to, to do recordings on a regular basis. Um, it was just kind of a, you know, tough. And also, you know, when uh, people are, you know, during the holidays, you know, people are want to be with their families. And so, you know, talking to guests, like, you know, probably podcasts is a, a low on their uh, priorities. So um, I decided to take a little bit of a break, and now we're going to start back up. Um, I want to thank, uh, West Coast Archery Shop first and foremost, um, for making all of this possible. Um, we recently started our own website, uh, at, uh, westcoastarcheryshop.com. Um, we are slowly adding more and more products every week. Uh, we started with arrows and sights and, um, pretty much, you know, releases and different things that you might, uh, be interested in. And so far it's doing really, it's already, uh, taken off and doing really well. Um, I also want to thank a lot of you, the listeners, um, who have been supporting me, uh, you know, it really means a lot when you guys call the shop and order, you know, products and, or, you know, call and ask questions and, you know, you tell, You know, you tell you know Hans and Adrian that you know you listen to the show. That's really awesome, Um, and uh, I want to thank you guys for that support. Now, I I don't want all of you to think that you know I want you know you have to buy something from me, and that's the only way you can support me. Um, All that I ask is that you support local small businesses. So, if there's a shop near you that you really like. I want you to go into that shop and say, you know, I want you to support them and tell them that you do it because, you know, you know, Rudy told you to do it <laughs> on uh, the uh, But uh, I would also greatly appreciate it if uh, you guys, uh, you know, send a little love my way. I'm not definitely going to turn that away. Um, but anyways, um, today I'm going to be interviewing Blake Jerome and it's going to be a long one. It's going to be an hour and a half. So, um, but it's a good one. And, uh, Blake and I basically go over, um, a lot of stuff that he's been posting on social media recently. Um, Blake has been doing some pretty incredible things and, um, I'm really excited to, uh, you know, share, um, with you guys what that is sometimes when, you know, people post things on social media it's hard to sit there and read because everyone has, um, about a 10 and a half second attention span. And so a lot of times I feel like we only look at something, you know, through, you know, the, the lens that we want to see it instead of actually, um, like listen, you know, reading and really, I guess you know interpreting what that information is, and we're quick to pass judgment and say, "Oh, that's not going to work," or "This doesn't work for me." Uh, what's great about podcasts is that, or having these conversations is that somehow in in modern society where we have this like tiny little attention span, this where where like TikTok and you know Instagram Reels is is sort of taken over uh social media where where you know everyone's saying you know to be effective, you have to you know say what you would normally say in two and a half hours and cram that into ten and a half seconds or whatever the the time frame is It's kind of crazy, but there's a there's this interesting thing that's happening, and with podcasting, people are actually taking the time to listen to entire conversations um which is really incredible, and so I think um posting things on social media is extremely important. But having that conversation, I think is better, um, at really getting an understanding of what the, the person who is delivering that, um, information, it's, it's easier to interpret or to get an understanding of what it is they're trying to say. So, um, that's really why I enjoy doing podcasting. And so, um, I'm going to continue doing this, um, and it may not be as frequent as some of you like, uh, and, you know, I do get a lot of messages from you guys asking me to, um, to do more. And, um, but I'm going to continue to deliver, um, quality when I see it. And, um, and that's what I want to produce. So it might be, uh, quality, I'm trying to go for quality, not quantity. Uh, and, uh, hopefully you guys understand that. Now, um, finally the last person I want to thank for helping with this show is McKenna Royal. He goes by Pew Pew Padawan on Instagram. And, um, he is, uh, an archer, but recently become, you know, expert level, uh, handgun shooter and, and competes in these matches. Um, but he's also a talented producer and he created the music, um for an intro and outro for my show so i want you guys to you know check out his page it's uh he's actually super positive and makes some really awesome videos on youtube um most of us that are into archery most of us are into guns too so like his content is uh pretty awesome i think you should check it out um and uh so anyways you guys enjoy the show
1: trying to shoot as much as i can and and uh you know same old thing just shooting a ton and getting ready for the outdoor season
0: yeah so yeah since the the last time we talked uh you you were doing a lot of posts and you know doing uh getting ready for vegas like you posted uh like one of your goals was to shoot uh 300 um 300 rounds you know before vegas
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so like uh, like obviously you accomplished that goal. Um, how do you think that like that kind of helped you um, be well, prepared?
1: Well, you know, I didn't go to Vegas and uh, perform to the uh, to the level that I was hoping. Um, but I mean, overall, you, you know, I I try and always kind of look for the positive and everything, even mm-hmm. even when it doesn't go the way that we want it to go. And, you know, I just I just told myself, you know, kind of the same thing that I said on Facebook. I was just like, hey, you know, whether you go there and you win or you lose or you make the shoot off or you shoot a first arrow nine, you know what I mean? Like you've been putting in all this work and it's it's not going to hurt at the at the end of the day. This is only going to help you build for future tournaments. And, you know, I can already feel that just my shot for like outdoor is very strong. You know, we shot, we've shot one outdoor tournament this year so far. And, you know, I missed three bullseyes out of, you know, out on a safari course. So was
0: that like, you a know, a just, 70 target
1: or 60? Yeah, 70. It, it was a 70 target. <clears throat> okay. And uh, so, so, you know, I mean, all, all of the practice is never gonna, it's, it's never gonna hurt you. It, it certainly sucks that I didn't go to Vegas and, uh you know, do what I wanted to do. I think I just put a little bit too, much pressure on myself probably i don't know i mean mm-hmm. it's just that's that's a hard place to perform but uh you know try, trying to trying to look at the positives i am a pretty positive person i allow myself to get frustrated but you know i, I yeah. move on from that pretty quickly i think
0: we all i think we all kind of do that you know we, we yeah wanna, for sure you have to yeah
1: i mean for frustration is a, a natural human emotion and to try and mask that um, you know, to try and bottle that, that up. I mean, it's good to do that in public at the moment, but I think that you have to have that decompression where, you know, you, you kind of come off the line for me. I'll go back to my room and just be pissed for a second and then, and then move on. I mean, it's archery. What can you do?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I didn't get a chance to go to Vegas. I didn't get a chance to, uh, um, talk to you or see you there. I I got COVID right before I left. Sucks, and man. so I had to cancel my flight and everything. So, um, it was quite a quite the bummer but um yeah, i mean i i guess i i uh, I wasn't uh, I wasn't referring to like how your performance was in Vegas but I understand you know you didn't perform the way you wanted to but like um your, your a lot of your training um, seems to be um, based on volume of shooting meaning if you're gonna get better you have to put some time behind the bow correct
1: yeah, that's exactly what I do. I I, 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 oh, go ahead.
0: No, no, and and that's that's what I took away from you wanting to do 300, 300s before Vegas is like you you put in that requires like mathematically. I haven't even done the math, but I'm sure that's like how many games a day from when I mean, you, you got it. How you, many
1: <laughs> from when I started? I, I I was averaging. I had to shoot about four three hundreds to five three hundreds a day that um, that's and, a lot and, of and that's 300 you know as soon as you screw it up you got to pull the target down and try again you know so you got to actually get about four to five a day and yeah. then there was you know there's days where i either just can't shoot i mean i always make it a habit to shoot every day but i mean there's always going to be days where you know for whatever reason you you can't make it happen or there's days where we have tournaments and i'm not able to shoot so then the next day i got to bang out like eight you know so mm-hmm. it's a but, you know, I, I really believe in doing the work. And that's what I preach to people all the time is Is you can't walk away from these tournaments and be you don't have a right to be upset if you're not putting in the work. So, you know, at least if you put in the work, you can walk away and be a little bit mad. You, you at least have a right to be upset. But, you know, if yeah. you're not going to do the work, then you don't have a leg to stand on.
0: Right. Well, I mean, maybe next year, you know, Rio told me that the trick was 10 games a day.
1: So yeah. And that might be it. May, you
0: know? Maybe, maybe that's where you went wrong. You
1: know, I, am <laughs> not, a, I, am I'm, I'm definitely not an excuse guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and, yeah. and list all the reasons why I didn't, didn't, you know, shoot how I should have shot in Vegas. But mm-hmm. I did walk away feeling like I learned a couple of things and saying, okay, I know I, I have a better idea of how I need to practice next year for this. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's not the shooting of the bow. You know, I I do that fine. Um, I've gotten to the point where, in practice, I can basically shoot a 300, I would say, basically every single time, Um, even on our league nights. I mean, we had, like, 20 20 weeks of league, and I think I shot a 319 out of 20 times, you know. So I I can generally always do it. It's just the the putting the pressure on myself and wanting to do it so bad in Vegas that it's just, you know – I dude, I shot scared. You know, I just, I just, it, it's bad. I don't like to admit it, especially to everybody that's going to listen to this, but I, I shot, I shot scared, you know, and and you're just not going to get it done if that, you know, if you can't put the, put the emotions in check, you know, and handle that. So, yeah. so I, I, I at least walked away saying, okay, I think I have a better idea of what I need to do to practice next year. And, you know, we're just going to build on this, you know, it's just yeah. like they say, it's an, it's another brick in the foundation, sure. right? The, the, the The path to success is paved with heartache and failure, and it's just another brick. So, I'm just yeah. gonna keep trucking.
0: Well, I think I think uh, like we're always gonna have, you know, fear, fear of something. Um, this isn't. Was that your first year shooting in championship?
1: Uh, I shot <laughs> championship one other time actually, um, and it it went pretty similarly. You know, I, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, you know, it, it's not it's weird. Vegas is weird because it's not like I actually shot terrible. You know, no, I felt no, like no. I shot, I, sh- I shot good X counts for the most part, you know, and it's just once, once you shoot that first nine, it doesn't matter anymore, you know, and it's just, you just kind of lose focus and, and, and nothing else matters. So well, at
0: that point, then you, then you're hoping for the lucky dog at that point, <laughs> right? you know,
1: and, and you know, that, yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. You know, yeah. that, that was one that I was just like okay i'm ready to move on from this and never talk about this one ever again you know but uh well, yeah so now i'm just kind of now i'm just kind of focused for writing and, awesome
0: uh, well i mean yeah. i think it's important to be honest with people like i think uh um i mean that shows that shows character you know if you're honest with people about you know the thing is, is we're all human and and even even like the you know I I'm gonna, I'm not saying you're not one of the best shooters out there but like some I'm going to say maybe established pros um you know they have they have good days and bad days you know it's like it just um, yeah, yeah of and course I think man. I think no one I mean, there's always going to be the keyboard jockeys that want to, you know,
1: make some smart ass uh, comment. And, uh, of, of course. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> but, I, I, I try and be a, a positive role model for yeah. for people around the shop, around our shop, our kind of regular local guys to look up to and say, listen, dude, it's okay to fail. You know, you got to put everything you have into this and go out and, and give it what you got. And, it, it, you know, when, you know, fail or whatever, I mean, you're yeah. going to come out the other side better right? You're going to get experience and you're going to be better. So, you know, put yourself out there and don't be afraid to fail and, and don't be ashamed of yourself when you do fail, you know, because you're going to, and yeah, R3, you're going to lose more times than you ever win. So just get used to it and just, and just do it, you know? Well, you so, could,
0: you could win a lot if you register in C-class <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, you know, you can just coast, coast, you know, for, you know, belt buckles every year that way. No kidding. I guess. No. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, so you like, you've been, I know that you, you mentioned to me that uh, you were gonna, that you've been trying to like teach some seminars, um, and been doing coaching, um, for people listening, What is that, what does that look like? Um, you know, what, what is So that? as far as like,
1: so I do a lot of online lessons and I think it's kind of a cool thing to do because I'm made, I'm able to reach a lot more people that, I I don't get to shoot with a lot or maybe I don't see except for, you know, a a couple of times a year. I even, I've done a few lessons with a guy from Sweden, you know, and uh, it's, it's just cool. The, the amount of reach that you can get online. And, you know, I always tell people you don't, I don't have to be standing there in front of you to, to have a good lesson. I mean, oftentimes what makes up a good archery lesson is just having a conversation about, what it you know their goals and where they want to go and what they're trying to do and kind of the issues that they're having and just kind of talking through them and figuring out you know what's your issue how can we maybe solve this and then you know some and and then oftentimes i will have them shoot but i'll just have them put their phone we'll do it on facetime i'll have them put their you know prop their phone up somewhere and okay let me you know let me watch you shoot let me let me see what you got here and uh you know we'll we'll just kind of pick out issues and and we'll work from there but F- it works. It's a very effective way, you know, and usually find,
0: uh, that most people have issues or do you find that actually most people really don't have like a former technique issue? It's just how they mentally, you know, so much of it. Tech- is,
1: that's it. So much yeah. of it is mental. A lot of the guys, <clears throat> you know, honestly, what, what I see is that most of the guys that are just getting into archery, they, they, they seek out, new products, they seek out releases and arrows and bows and all that. And they then they're not seeking out the coaching, which is strange to me, you know, I feel like it, rather than invest in the new release, invest in yourself and and go find somebody that you trust and, and get lessons from somebody. But usually the beginners are, are oftentimes either they just got a buddy that kind of helps them or they're self taught. People that are willing to pay for coaching are people that are stuck somewhere. They've been shooting for a while, and then they start to plateau, and they just can't figure out what they need to do to move mm-hmm. on. And those are the guys that are seeking out coaches. And and those are the, the types of people that I work with most often. They're the people that are getting close. They're right there. They're on the cusp of being really great shooters, and they're just stuck. And oftentimes, it's mental stuff. Oftentimes, you know, one of the biggest things I talk about is, is, you know, these guys will just want to beat – people, right? They'll have one person in mind, and it's like, yeah, I really want to beat this guy. And it's like, no, man, you're you're approaching this wrong. You can't go to these tournaments with the mindset of just wanting to beat one person or 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 beat anybody, you know what I mean? You got to go there, and it's just your goal should be very execution-based, right? Yeah. I want to stand here, and I want to execute <laughs> perfect shots to the best of my ability. You know, that's the way to approach the game.
0: Why you... If I go to yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, I used to tell people something similar in the sense that someone someone always had, like, their they always wanted to beat a, an individual or that one person. And I said, be careful what you ask for because the universe just might grant your wish, but it may not go the way you want it. It's not like, like a monkey's paw. Like, you, you, you hope to beat that guy one day, but what if you beat him on his worst day and, and you also shoot, like, garbage? but you got your wish. You beat that guy. (laughs) You know, you didn't didn't actually win anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's, you know, and I, I just tell people the, the, the process of getting, you know, kind of to this top of this proverbial mountain that we're all trying to get to is, is not worrying about the people that are around you. And that's where so many people get stuck. They go to these tournaments and, you know, using some of the local guys as examples, myself or Bodie or some of these guys, like people will go to these tournaments and they'll see us there. And they're like, Oh, you know, I can't win today. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that shouldn't, I I understand that you want to win. We're all competitive. We go to these tournaments, we would like to win. But the way to get to a place to where you can win is not by worrying about who's around you. It's by working on yourself and learning how to be consistent and how to be robotic and, and how to mentally get yourself through a full day. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, and, and if my only goal is like, oh man, Bodhi's here. I got to go beat Bodhi. Right. It's like, that's, that's not the way to get there. The way to get there is by saying, okay, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to execute my shots like I did in practice. Well, right. Let and, me
0: ask you this. When you shoot with someone, when you, when you shot with Bodhi, how many times have you walked away from it and like actually learned something from it? Like,
1: well, I feel I, 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 I try and take something away positive every single time. I, I always try and, and learn and but, you know, what I like, I, I like shooting against guys like that is it, it always elevates yourself. I was just talking to somebody the other day who was like, yeah, every time I shoot with, you know, my buddies, I suck. And then every time I go and shoot with, you know, some of these really good guys, I always shoot really well. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a, uh, that's pretty standard. You know, you're always going to elevate. Um,
0: I, I had somebody one time, uh, I, I practice, uh, I shoot a lot with a, with a group of guys, um, down here and, uh, Um, I, I had a, like a friend, uh, you know, that was also like a customer and, and, uh, one day we were at the range, um, getting ready to set out for a field round and they were like, Hey, can I jump into target with you guys? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then he, at the end of the day, he, he told me that he'd shot his personal best. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome, dude. And he goes, I think I need to shoot with you guys more. He's like, when I'm shooting with my friends, like, like they they're just not taking it as seriously as you guys. He's like, I mean like, like we're joking around and having fun, but you know, right when we walk up to the line, we kind of, you know, we just get serious for a few minutes, you know, we shoot our arrows, yeah, uh, and then, absolutely. and, yeah. and it was, and it's, it's interesting cause like, you know, um, I've always felt that the same way, you know, you, you, you want to shoot, um, with people that are going to elevate you, you know? So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And it's, a, yeah. it's this, this weird mental thing that happens across all sports where, if you are competing with somebody that is either on your same, you know, level or, or even a little bit elevated above you, you're kind of the mental part of your brain, the subconscious part of your brain says, Hey, we need to not make mistakes today. We're going to sit here and we're going to do things correctly. But you know, I like to use like my dad as an example, I shoot with my dad a lot in the mornings and my dad's a good shot, you know, for being a senior, you know, he shoots a bow pretty well, but he doesn't shoot anywhere close to my level. And it's like when I when I practice with my dad, I don't ever shoot very well because the subconscious says, you know what, you you can make a lot of mistakes today and you can still win, right? So mm-hmm. it, as as soon as you compete against people that are better than you, generally those are your best days.
0: Right. That yeah no wholeheartedly. Um, yeah. Now um, I'm I'm kind of curious more um, about your. Um, I want to get, I want to get to your, um, your Mantis, uh, project that you did here, um, yeah. with the data there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, one, the one last question I had, um, about, about training and preparation, like, uh, on average, now that you're, you're, I want to, before getting into that, I want to ask you kind of like how you're preparing for Reading, um, particularly, um, or getting ready for Safari. So that's what everyone down here is interested in.
1: Yeah. So I still do. When I say that blank bell is a huge part of my routine, I, I mean, I swear to it that that's a huge part of what I do. Um, so I guess I'll just kind of take you through a normal day. So I always get up, um, and, and start shooting right at daylight because the shop opens, I open the shop around 10. Um, so I can start shooting around seven or so and get a, about two and a half hours in or so before I open the shop. And then generally between customers, I try and blank bell as much as I can. And this time of the year, it's starting to pick up again. Um, but you know, this time of the year, it's kind of slower in archery shop. So I get a little bit of time to, to blank bell all day. And when I'm in the shop, all I do is blank bell. Every single arrow that I shoot is going to all be blank bell, um, but I'll get to the range around seven. Um, I almost never walk the course um, and shoot any any court. I I don't believe that you're going to get better shooting, you know, 14 safari targets because that's only 28 arrows, right? And mm-hmm. if I if I walk through the course and shoot a 14-target, you know, field course, it's going to take me an hour, hour and a half, especially if I'm with my dad. Right. Um, so I don't do that because I'm only getting 28 arrows in, and I like to get volume, and I like to – I I focus on quality, but I also want some quantity as well, right? Because Mm -hmm. I want to stay in shape and I want to continue, you know, to just (laughs) pound it into my subconscious of of how I need to shoot shots. So what me and my dad do every morning, we start at about seven and we shoot until about 1030. We stand there 80 yards and I put up a two inch orange dot and I just shoot 80 yards at a two inch orange dot. And I feel like shooting at a, a much, much smaller dot it's something happens in your brain in the competitive side of your brain that says i don't care how big this dot is i need to be able to hit it right and and i know that the dot should be five inches right i know that at 88 yards we get a 13 centimeter dot but something in my brain says no if you know missing this is not acceptable even though a two inch dot at 80 yards is tiny and then so it forces you to clean yourself up and to be more efficient and to be more robotic. So mm-hmm. I sit there and I just shoot, I'll shoot 20 arrows at a time, generally speaking. I have, I think I've broken two arrows, so I got 22. Two of them are bare shafts, so I usually shoot 20 arrows at a time. Um, and I'll just sit there and shoot 20 arrows at two inch dots, right? And, it, and not only does it force you to clean yourself up and be more efficient, because that competitive part of your brain Has to figure out a way to hit that dot consistently or you're going to be pissed i can i can barely miss it by a half inch something that would fully be inside a 13 centimeter dot it would probably be in the x-ring of a 13 centimeter dot and when it misses the two inch dot you're like god damn it you know it pisses you off so not only does it force you to get better You also, at 80 yards, you see more of your mistakes, right? Because at 20 yards, you can make mistakes and still hit, you know, an inch and a half dot or a four centimeter dot or whatever they give you.
0: you get sloppy. You get sloppy because it hits the dot, you know, so. But
1: at 80 yards, you can't make a sloppy shot and miss, especially when you're shooting at a two inch dot. So every single time you make any kind of execution error, you feel it and you know it and you're able to say, okay, this is where I'm screwing up and, and then you can make adjustments to the bow. You can play with stabilization. You can you can kind of play with these things that you maybe wouldn't pick up at twenty yards. And then not only that, but for the mental game, every single time I go to these tournaments, you know, when we shoot the outlaw stuff or we shoot our local safaris or even when I go to Redding, you know, I walk around the corner and I have a forty five yard shot and I'm like, Oh my God, this dot's gigantic, right? Because I shoot a two inch dot at eighty yards mm-hmm. every single day. Right. And so when I get a four inch dot at 45 yards, you're like, my God, this is a pumpkin. I'm never going to miss this thing. So for me, it absolutely strengthens the mental game. And I always tell everybody when you practice, shoot at something half the size of what you're going to shoot in a tournament. And I swear to God, it'll, it'll strengthen your mental game.
0: Well, that's some good advice. I, um, I noticed, uh, like where I practice in the morning, um, like I can shoot out to like 120 yards if I wanted to. Um, but, uh, like last couple of days I've been shooting at 80 yards. And so I've noticed, I've noticed at that distance because, uh, where I'm shooting, um, there's, there's like a 40 inch block target. Um, and then I have like a big elk target and a deer target out there. But if I miss, you know, that bale, like there's cows and other stuff that, could cause some damage behind me <laughs> and yep. and I kind of, you know, I usually make sure the cows are out of the way, but like, you know, I'm just like, I just know that if, if, uh, if I miss the bell, so I put like a little small block target out on mm-hmm. top of the big target. And so I know that if I miss it's going to cost me that arrow, you know, at, at like, you know, just like your standard little block target. Sure. And, uh, what, what I noticed is like, it puts some fear in me at 80 and it made me really pay attention to what I was doing with my grip and yeah. just the, the pressure. Um, well, I can't say that, uh, like I figured out how to beat it, but I, you know, it, it made me aware of a lot of things to pay attention to.
1: Well, that's know? it. You're just, you're, yeah. you're trying to look for ways to be aware like you're yeah. saying. So, you know, at 80 yards, little tiny inconsistencies in your grip, changed your shot impact right your your where your arrows impact your your, things like alignment right so one of the really big things i've been working on this year is making sure that i don't allow myself to shoot shots where i'm even a little bit misaligned Mm -hmm. right it's easy to misalign at 80 yards so that's a big thing that i sit there and really focus on so if you can get that down to where you can you know and i'm not going to sit here and say that i can shoot 100 percent of my arrows into a two inch dot at 80 because i cannot um, but I do shoot a, a decent portion of them into into the dot. And, you know, if you can get to a point where you're executing really, really good shots on a really small dot at that distance, then when you do stand there at 50 yards or 40 yards or whatever, and you have twice the size of a dot, it's just you don't make those mistakes. It just, it just clicks. It just yeah. happens. You know, it's it just, you know, like when we shot that tournament this year... You know, the one that we've had so far, I mean, it just felt like everything was easy, but then just goes to the middle of the dot and fires, and it's just, it's always there. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and that's the level we're trying to get to. So, you know, and, and it, uh, when, when you do that, when you shoot so often at 80, like we do, I mean, these, these safari courses, they're starting to feel like they're cleanable. I mean, there's just so many arrows that, cleaning one seems unlikely but man they just they feel like every single dot is gettable
0: yeah now i've watched um like a couple of your videos that you that you post on facebook um like Mm -hmm. on a regular basis and um you know one of one of the things that um you mentioned um it seems like there's a lot of people that are kind of poo-pooing on the blank billing part and Oh, oh there is and you know and I, I remember like a pretty prestigious coach one time at, at an archery event, um, you know had had said, let me put it so one coach told told uh, this young woman you know to blank bell and then another coach walked up and said that's that's horseshit you don't need to do that blah 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 and it was just like it it seems like there, you know there's um, you know. It, people seem to have a really strong opinion about it. I never, and I, I don't get well, it. Like for me, like I feel like shooting your bow, is shooting your bow. So like if, if you have a little well, small and, apartment and, and, here's the th- and all you can do is blank sh- bill, you're going to get more done shooting at <laughs> five feet and, at a blank bill and not shooting. Then doing bow. nothing yeah. for sure.
1: Exactly. And you know, and here's what I always tell people. And, and I, you know, and I swear to this, that I just tell people what's worked for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not I, I'm not the kind of person that's going to sit here and say that my way is the way. Right. It's it's the way that it worked for me. And and most people that approach me and they ask for help, they ask me, hey, how did you get good? What did you do? How, you know, how are you where you're at? What do you do? So I just tell people what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. I think blank belling works really, really well for me. And I've seen what it's done for the twins. I've seen what it's done for my wife I've seen what it's done for a lot of people that I coach mm-hmm. and it I, I can see the results that we get so for somebody else to say and there's you know there's there's people around here especially in my area that really really hate on the blank billing and they say that it's a waste of time and it's like it's obviously not a waste of time I've shot a lot of big scores over the last few years yeah you know I shot I shot a couple of perfect field rounds last year I completely attribute it to the amount of blank bill that I do because I'm so comfortable in my execution. And I feel like my execution is so consistent. Right. Well, and I think, so
0: I think you said something that was kind of critical earlier. They said, you know, you're, when you're at the shop you're blank billing when you have a free moment, but you're also practicing aiming. So you, it's not like you're, it's not like you're um, excluding one from the other. You're sort of blending right. That's two, exactly right. That's two techniques together. Cause, cause I've, I've, some I've, I've been critical from blank billing from one angle only, and that it seems to be a generic recommendation from people, you know, with, with, with like, that's the only strategy. And, right, and, right. and I think like, uh, cause the advice that I've heard people give on blank billing in the past has been, you know, for two weeks, three weeks, straight, maybe even four weeks, don't do nothing but blank bill for four weeks straight. Don't even aim at a dot. Well, by that point you forgot how to aim. You know, and so, and I th- and like I'm watching um, what you're doing, and it seems like you're you're doing both, right? You're incorporating blank bailing and you're aiming. So it's like you you you're programming yourself to for execution, but you're also reminding yourself how to aim as well. And well, I, and
1: that's it. You, yeah, you know, and and so I I tell people all the time that archery is made up of 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 two distinct phases, right? You've got to be able to execute independently without aiming you should be able to draw back your bow and just execute a shot with your eyes closed you should be able to do it in your sleep but on the other side of the spectrum you should be able to draw back and you should be able to aim your bow with zero anticipation of wanting to fire the shot no target panic whatsoever just sit there and be completely comfortable with staring at the middle of the target and then have the ability to let the bow down whenever you want and not feel like you have to punch it And when you can do both of those independently very well and you bring them together, then archery becomes pretty easy, right? So that's exactly right. I I do a lot of blank bailing because I want to keep my execution as as clean and as as efficient as I possibly can. But I also want to sit here and aim at targets and make sure that that execution happens when my pin is in the middle of the target just like it's supposed to. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't sit there and over aim really hard. I just, I'm a big believer of just burn a hole in the middle of the dot with your eyes. Just stare mm-hmm. at the middle as hard as you can, and let the pin float around and let that execution happen.
0: Yeah, that's right? some great. So I, that's some great advice for sure. Um, yeah. So
1: you know, that's that's the way that I try and approach it. And so yeah, you're you're exactly right. I Try and do both all the time.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. that that's that's uh like I said, that's awesome advice. Um, now with um. Now now moving into the this uh this mantis program that you're doing and so since we're talking about aiming um like you wrote like pretty much um like a college thesis here on uh <laughs> <laughs> you know on 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 what you know holding steady and and then using um technology that's available to actually measure that um yeah. so explain to me like what your hypothesis was and well then... let
1: me, yeah uh, let me let me just kind of give you a general outline of of what we were thinking here so we i I have had I won't say you know but you know so i i've had I've had one person in particular basically tell me that stability doesn't matter aiming doesn't matter you know it's all about executing the release and you know, we got in a little bit of an argument on Facebook about it. And I was just like, no, aiming does matter. Stability does matter. The the ability to have a slow aiming bow and have something that holds steady for you will produce higher groups. And a bunch of his friends came to came to his rescue and, and basically was like, no, you're wrong. You know, it's all about execution. The aiming doesn't matter. And, you know, I, I told him, I was like, listen, the proof... In my mind, that aiming matters is if we put a bow on a hooter shooter and have a perfect hold, then the execution doesn't even really matter that much anymore. If we have a perfect hold, I can get the arrows to go in the same hole every time. Now, if you really make sure that you execute the release perfectly on a hooter shooter and you combine a perfect hold with a perfectly executed shot, you literally hit the same hole every single time. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was like, No, I know that stability matters. You can't sit here and tell me that it doesn't. So after I kind of did this study and I posted it, I got a lot of comments and messages. People, you know, telling Chuck Cooley was one of them, Tim Gillingham. Yeah, you know, I saw they, that, yeah. Yeah. They got on there and it was like, Well, this is obvious. And I was like, No, it's not obvious to everybody. That's the problem, is that it seems like it's obvious, but it's not obvious. Right. A lot of people think that Oh, well, I need to buy the next release or I need to buy the next arrows, or I need to do this or this is what. you know? And it's like, no, something is something as arbitrary as making sh- making taking the time to make sure that your bow is holding a little bit steadier will produce dramatically better groups, right? So I was yeah. like, okay, well, what we're gonna do is I'm going to get I get a ton of people that come through the shop, obviously, and I get a lot of people that come in the range and shoot. And so I'm going to take these people at random and I'm going to put the mantis on their bow and I'm going to have them shoot a whole bunch of arrows. And we're going to average out their stability score and then I'm going to write these down. And then I'm going to have the same people go out to the range because we have a range right up the road from the shop, And we're going to sit there and we're going to shoot groups at 80 yards. And what we did for our 80 yard groups is we would shoot 10 arrows and I would pull the worst two. Right. I would give you two terrible shots. Right. So we pull the two outliers. And then we would, with digital calipers, we would measure the remaining eight arrows and we would take group sizes, right? And then, so I would write that down. And and I didn't even like put them into the chart until I was completely done because I didn't want to see the trend. I didn't want to see if there was any, I didn't want any kind of bias, right? I wanted right. to just get the data and then we'll put the data into, into a flow chart and we'll see what it looks like. And pretty much what I expected is that, You know my hypothesis was the steadier that you aim the better your groups are going to be and that's that's across the board it doesn't matter if you're a high level shooter or if you're a a guy just getting started so we took we took a, a a pretty sizable group of beginners too that i mean have just started shooting a bow within like a month so you know by taking these guys their execution skills are, are all pretty equal, right? A lot of them are punching. They're making a lot of mistakes in the execution. So we were kind of able to rule that out. We said, okay, everybody, everybody's execution and, and uh, you know, that kind of stuff, like their tuning, all of that, like they're all kind of on a level playing field. So now we can just kind of look at the stability scores of these people. And what we're seeing is that even among beginners, whoever starts out more stable whoever is who is able to hold the bow more still mm-hmm. is producing better groups at 80 yards over everybody else right now they're not producing as good of groups as the guys that have been shooting a bow for a long time but their beginner counterparts they're producing better they're producing better groups right so and then you look at the the more experienced shooters and the more stable the the higher your stability score the better the groups tend to be, and and again, you know, as I said in there, you know, correlation does not imply causation. I, I mm-hmm. understand that. I understand, you know, correlation data and how it and how it works, but it, it also doesn't imply that that we're wrong either, right? Like you
0: know, I you know, it's funny because I had like this thought today because um, there was a gentleman that came by the shop who's really awesome, dude, and you know, he used to shoot. When he was very young, with a you know a local pro who was actually he was a you know really good shooter back in the '80s and '90s, and you know he was telling me a lot about what you know he used to tell him, you know to sh- you know how to shoot and stuff, and I think like a, an archery that you know we're holding on to really good information that was maybe good at one time and you know and not that what we're doing is like complicated like you said if earlier you know like if we can as long as we can keep maintain alignment and aim and execute a good shot without um, any kind of fear or anticipation you know we're probably gonna hit the the dot like almost every time Um, but I feel like there's a lot of people out there who aren't willing to evolve like they feel like they've been given information or they have information and it's almost like to change that is a, is changing their personality. And I see so many people like so resistant to new ideas, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy because it's like so many people are setting records and, and shooting at a level that probably 10, 15 years ago people would have thought that's impossible. And, and they're, and they're doing things that like 10 years ago, if you were doing it, you know, the coaches at the time would probably, you know, hang you at the altar.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. And so, you know, and then like I was saying, you know, yeah. one of the reasons that we even wanted to do this, right, w- why I really wanted to gather this data was because being me and, me and a guy, we were we were kind of
0: you can name names here. It's OK.
1: No, it's no. all right. We're 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 kind of we're kind of poking fun at each other yeah. online. And he posted his stability score. And I just kind of made a comment like, oh, man, you suck, dude. You know, you got to get that score up. Right. And then that guy got on there and he was like, you guys are putting too much emphasis on that score. And I'm like, no, I don't I don't think we are, you know. And so that's what I wanted to show is that as that stability score goes up, the groups get tighter Right. And substantially so. So I don't know if you're familiar with the Mantis, but mm-hmm. at the lower levels of stability and, and what I was calling, I, I'll outline it. I'm going to do a YouTube video on it. and I'll really outline this in, in really good detail. But I was calling lower stability, like basically anything below 96. Right. So between like 94, I didn't really see anybody ever be below 93, 94 on the stability on the stability scale. But between like 94 and 95, every three-tenths of a point that you go up, it equaled an inch tighter group, right? So if you could just, if if you're sitting there and you're a 94.5 stability score shooter and you can just get that up to 94.8, you're going to shoot about an inch tighter group. And then on the higher scales, when you started getting above 97, it took about six-tenths of a point to get another inch tighter, right? So- to, to look at that data and not say, okay, you know, not really kind of have this aha moment of, okay, well, I need to get one of these mantises and I need to really sit here at the range and I need to play with my weights and I need to play with my bar angles and I need to play with my holding weight and see if uh, and see if I can get my stability score up. Because if I know that if I can get six tenths of a point better, I'm going to shoot an inch tighter group at 80 yards. That's huge. Right. So why not take the technology that we have and try to make yourself better? And that's and and so using myself and as an example, right, when I first put that mantis on my bow, I was at like a 98.1, 98.0. Like I've always had the ability to hold pretty steady. But Kai, you know, little little skinny Asian Kai was at like 98.8. And I was like, what in the hell? How is this dude more stable than me? Right. Like I'm way stronger than you. Right. So it was like, okay, well, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to play with my stabilizers and I'm going to see if I can get myself up there. And by shifting the weights around and playing with the angles, I was able to see this data that you can't see with the naked eye, but you can see it on the mantis. Right. Because it's just a movement tracker. Right. So I was able to get myself from consistent like 98, 98 98.1 up to like 98.7 to 99.0. Right, yeah. just by playing with that. The, which the owners of those tighter groups.
0: The owners of the shop uh, that I work at just bought a bunch of them. um yeah, at the NABA show. I, yeah. And uh and I'm thinking to myself, how am I gonna implement this tool, you know? 'Cause uh Wendell you, Wendell got one about about a year and a half ago.
1: hmm
0: Um and uh you know, we were looking at those stability scores and and I wanna say that I I was probably holding like around like a 97.8. I think actually Wendell still has all that data. I'm going to ask him to send it to me. Um, And I want to, and I think like Wendell was holding like a, above a 98 and, and, and you know what? Wendell shoots a lot better than me, (laughs) you know? And that's it. There's
1: a, there's a definitive correlation. You know, when you look at the numbers, you can see, okay, the guys that are holding steadier are shooting tighter groups, Right. You know, like my buddy, Kit, you know, he shot he shot a field round with me the other day and then he stuck the Mantis on there and he played with the Mantis. And, you know, he was shooting good groups at 80. He was shooting about a four to five inch group at 80, you know, really strong groups. If we were shooting at the at the 13 centimeter dot, I would say damn near all of his arrows would be in the dot almost every time. Right. But I was wadding them in the middle of the dot. Right. Right and when we look at his stability score he's at a 97.5 and i'm i'm like a 98.8 right and you can you can just see like when you watch us execute a shot we're very similar because a lot of what i learned in archery when i was coming up was taught from kit right kit taught me a lot of what he knows so our styles are very very similar we mm-hmm. execute a lot but i'm stronger than than kit i hold a bow steadier and I've put a lot more emphasis on trying to build a very stable platform. And so, you know, and that's and kind of I think it's kind of opened up his eyes where he's like, oh, shit, I need to buy one of these and play with this thing. And I'm like, yeah, man, like people think that looking at that stability score is overrated, but it but it's not right. Because, well, if again, could... if you can get six tenths of a point better, yeah. it's going to equal an inch tighter group and an inch tighter group is a lot less points dropped in a tournament.
0: Well, I think you you've done you've taken it to where you've actually measured, and you you can say, you you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm looking at the graph right now, and you're what you're you know what you're talking about, and saying you know if you can in improve your score, you're gonna you know seeing an, an improvement in your grouping. Um, like what I'm thinking of from a more of like a like a growth perspective, you know. If you're, if you're making good shots and you're feeling those good ones and it gives you a higher score after you've executed that shot, that's a form of positive feedback. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it's absolutely. like, and, and, uh, you know, I'm all for that. If it helps you train, like, like one of the tools that I le- that I've, that I like to use is, um, an app called video delay. Okay. It's it's just like a, it's just a free app that you can download on, you know, and it like just records, um, like a 20 second loop. So it just shows you what was recorded, you know, you know, prior, you can actually change the timer from like 15, 20, 30 seconds, whatever. So you just set your, your phone or your iPad up on a tripod and you take a shot and then it just shows you what you just did, you know, so you can actually revisit your shot. You just look over look at your shot and then, you know, you shoot your next error and you're just looking at your feedback. So like mentally, if the shot felt good, you can also kind of like see yourself like physically, you know, and get, cause you know, if you don't have like someone watching you telling you, yeah, that
1: right. 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 Okay. But like, this sounds like, like
0: this sounds like another tool that would be really helpful to people. Well, and it is. And and
1: just like you're saying, using it as just strictly a training tool, you know, like using Kaylee as an example, Kaylee was at the range the other day and, and she had one on her bow. And we're sitting there and we're watching the live because you can sit there and watch it live, right? And then mm-hmm. the little stability number will pop up after the shot. And, you know, every time that she would shoot the shot and say, oh, that one was a good shot, you'd look at her stability score. It's like 97.3, right? And their average is, you know, 96.5 to like 97.2 because, you know, they're they're little girls. They don't hold nearly as strong as I do, Um and, and again, you can see that in the 80-yard groups, and, and I thought that was kind of interesting, too, that it really gives a great explanation as to why women don't shoot as well as men, generally speaking, right? Because I've had that question a lot, too. Well, why don't women shoot as well as men? Everything, you know, the bow does the work, but it's because we're physically stronger and we can physically hold the bow steadier, generally speaking, Right, but every single time she would execute a poor shot, she'd be like, "Ooh, that was a bad one." You'd look at it, and it's like, "Ooh, ninety-five. Yeah, that was that wasn't a very good one. Don't do that." Yeah. Right. So it's it's really cool to be able to immediately get that that feedback, and then to be able to watch the as, as a coach to be able to sit there and watch her bow on the screen live and kind of see where her movements coming from. Is it up and down movement? Is it side to side movement? What's going on? Have it you... kind of gives it. Because, you know, as a coach, you, you don't know when you're just watching a shooter, you don't know what the sight picture is doing, but right. when you're watching the mantis, you can see exactly what their sight picture looks like. And that, and that's huge. That's a huge training tool. Yeah.
0: Have you, have you gotten a sample of data from stronger, fe- like adult female shooters that just, are more developed? Just,
1: yeah. Just, just the girls, um, they're, they're hands down the best shooters in my area as far as females, um, yes because it, it's would, interesting
0: like i would be curious to see like how well like Paige holds
1: yeah compared yeah, I, to like I would too. some of the
0: and, more elite guys you know because i would say that she probably holds better than some well
1: and and so you know again like but she's Paige, tailored Paige, her
0: equipment to fit her you know
1: it, yeah and she's definitely bigger and stronger than like what you'd see from Isabel and kaylee who weigh like 100 pounds right so and and that's why you know another big thing that I tell them like hey you guys execute really well but i think kind of your limitations are physical like you guys need to hit the gym and get stronger and your game will get better mm-hmm. um but yeah i just i just think the mantis is a really cool tool to to kind of be able to see what's going on in your shot and do and again, they hold so many, a lot
0: of stabilizer weight in their setups the girls
1: they they, they hold probably more than they should but i'm not I, i don't tell them how to do it anymore you know i, I let yeah. them kind of do their thing because so i would they, be curious you,
0: from like an experimental thing you know to like you know well and and so they, they have lowered that weight up,
1: they have their bow set up to where they hold the absolute strongest right now and we've played with that mantis a ton with them and when they go lower amounts of mass weight their stability score goes way down when they go oh, really yeah, where they are right now is where it's the absolute best, and then if they go heavier, it starts to go back down. So we've been all over the board with, with so you, I mean, we've used it extensively. So you have optimized it
0: for them. That, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: For for the, yeah, we've we've got it as good as we can possibly get it for their body type currently. I'm hoping that they will, you know, get stronger in the future and and be able to, yeah. you know, see that stability score go up. Um, but I am actually pretty impressed with where their stability score is for how how big they are. You know what I mean? Because there there was a lot of men in this study that are a lot stronger than them that were not holding anywhere close to as steady as them. So, you know, it it's kind of cool to see, you know, and that, you know, it, just at the end of the day, I mean, there's so many people that were saying that stability doesn't matter that I wanted to gather this data and basically show you in black and white. No, it does matter. It absolutely matters. And you know, if you think that it doesn't matter, just like I've said several times, if you don't think it matters, then take your stabilizers off the bow and shoot the bow without stabilizers. Yeah. Because it, because it does matter.
0: Well, it's funny. Cause I think like how much movement is in your, in your sight picture, like how we, how our brain measures that is, is solely up to the interpretation of the individual, right? So now we have this device that can physically measure it. And, and, you know, then, then it's just data and no longer feelings, you know, cause I, I, I've in the past been told by um, some greater shooters that you're never going to be able to hold the, the bow perfectly still in the middle. And, you and I agree with that. Like, because then you would have a score of 100% if it was not moving at all, correct?
1: Yeah. Well, 99.4 is the best we could get even on a Hooter shooter. But you, yeah, essentially, well, you essentially know, cl- yeah, close to that, right? right? right so,
0: right. so, you know, because um, I've often heard like a pro say, oh, yeah, my pen moves a ton. May- maybe to them, but like comparing that to like myself or any, you know, just anybody, like they're, I they're they're what they're calling, you know, a disastrous pin float maybe is actually steady really good too. Yeah. Really good, you know. And so it's like, you know, people are I I think uh probably people are a little bit too quick to dismiss something without trying it first
1: and that's it you know yeah. because we we talk about that a lot too you know i'll I'll ask people like well what does your pin movement look like because i can't see what your pin's doing yeah right so i'm like okay well do you you know on a vegas target do you hold in the x ring do you hold in the 10 and people will look at me like i'm crazy and they're like what no i hold in like the yellow <laughs> and i'm like oh okay well i can hold it in like the x ring to to 10 ring if i'm really floating mm-hmm. my pin will really really sit steady and then like You know, when we shoot at 80 yards, when I shoot at that two inch dot, generally speaking, my pin breaks on the two inch dot. Like I obviously two inches at at 80 yards, you know, I float outside of that. But for the most part, I can hold that pin pretty much on the two inch dot and float around that dot. And most of the time the pin breaks on the dot. Um, So, you know, there will be days where my pin float is a little bit more than that, but it still stays around the dot where you know, there's some people out there that would be like, Oh my God, that is so steady. I'm sitting here saying, Oh man, I'm holding like crap today. Right. So you're exactly right. It's just, it's your own, it's your own perception.
0: Yeah. No. Um, I think, I, I mean, I like where you're going with this. Um, I mean, I'm not, I, I've known, I, I've had a gut feeling that this is a good product. Um, and like I said, being a hundred percent honest, I just didn't know how to implement it. Um, And then, and I and I gotta say, I gotta give you a bunch of credit for that because in the future I'm gonna use this tool, and um, I'll make sure to give credit where credit's due because I think you've enlightened me quite a bit here with this. And so, um, I I think I think I thank you for that. And I think anyone who is listening to this um, should be very open-minded and maybe consider, you know, you know, you know, this is science, right? We're collecting data and we're trying to like make decisions.
1: Um, yeah and and that's it I tried to I tried to do it as as unbiased as possible I mean yeah. I had a bias obviously because I kind of had a hypothesis that, that I assumed it was going to do what I thought it what I thought the data ended up saying but like I said I didn't plug any numbers in until we completely gathered the data because I didn't want to know what the trend was doing I just wanted to gather the data measure the groups and then you know once we were all said and done gathering data then we'd plug it in and see what happened Mm -hmm. and uh you know i i kind of got the results i i would say that we got even better results than what i expected actually and so you know if if the results would have been the other way where it's like you would have had you know 95 stability shooters shooting four inch groups at 80 yards it would have been like oh okay i'm wasting my time all right everyone's right i am wasting my time Mm -hmm. but seeing the seeing the trend and seeing seeing what the data actually showed up as it's like no i'm not wasting my time so i think you
0: know i'm So my, so I guess like the big question now is like objectively, now that we have the data, you, you, we've collected this information now, now, now the trick, and this is where people are going to want to, the big question, okay, well, how do, how do we take this information and how do we improve it? Um, I think what, based on what we've talked about and then what I've read here, like my hypothesis here is there's going to be a physical fitness component to holding steadier um like some strength training um and and working out some of the the muscle groups that are underutilized from from only shooting your bow and then um also you know taking stable paying more attention to your stabilization too much weight too little weight like i I i like that you actually with someone who like with the girls you were able to you know go really low, go really high and find where that optimal mass weight is. Cause I've always felt that most people shoot too much mass weight and, and I feel like that too much mass weight in the front bow is going to lead to improper sh- front shoulder alignment and then the shot derails and you're always going to have trouble there. So right. like, you know, like, how are you, that's just my hypothesis. Like how, how are, how are you going to use this information to now help people?
1: Well, and and so, you know, like like I said, I have a a ton of these little mounts. So when people come in, I'll slap one of these mounts on their bow, and we'll just kind of play with it. And a a lot of times guys will, you know, I'll talk to guys like, hey, when's the last time you played with your stabilizers? Oh, you know, I haven't touched them in forever. He's like, all right, well, let's see where you're at, and let's see if we can make it better. And so for me, the only thing that I ever care about on the Mantis is that stability score i don't really use the rest of the mantis the way the other i don't care about the traces and i don't really even look at the timing or whatever i mean there you can you can utilize this mantis a lot more than what i even am i'm just using it for stability and and the other way that i use it um is i will take even even if i'm not trying to improve the stability score i'll use that stability score as a baseline so let's say you're a 97 right? And then let's say, okay, I really want to experiment with lengthening my draw length. Okay, well, we lengthen the draw length a quarter inch. And now let's shoot it again and see if your stability score went up or it went lower. If your stability score is now two, you know, two tenths of a point lower, then we probably went the wrong way on the draw length, and we probably shouldn't do that, right? If we shorten the draw length a little bit, and that stability score goes up just above, then hey, that was a positive movement, right? So it's able to, again, kind of give you this quantifiable data that we're not able to see with our naked eye. That, you know, when you make an eighth of an inch draw length change, oftentimes you can't even feel it, but the mantis can pick it up. It can tell you if you're more stable or if you're less stable or if you're sloppy or whatever. Um, so that's how I use it with yeah. people, and I've, I've used it very effectively to do that. You know, especially on not so much the bow hunters, you know, but the target guys, the, the guys that are really trying to, get that last little bit of accuracy out of their out of their platform and and build a bow that's going to work the best for them. You know, let's let's put let's get a baseline with this mantis and let's try a little bit more draw weight. Let's try a little bit more holding weight and let's see what that does to the stability score. Does it go up? Does it go down? And then, you know, we can watch the the live tracker and see what your bow's doing as you're aiming it. And I can tell you, are you dipping a bunch? Are you kind of bailing out to the left what are you doing Mm -hmm. you know so whereas even kind of more inexperienced shooters they can't even pick that up while they're aiming when i'm sitting there and i'm holding the phone and i'm watching it i can say oh you know you're you're holding low left every single time let's try you know let's try a little bit more weight in the back and see if we can pick that front end up a little bit or whatever you know so as far as a coaching tool, I think it's huge. I, I use it all the time in the shop to help people make their, to make improvements to their bow. And I just, it, it, the fact that people aren't using it to, to the fullest extent that they can is kind of mind blowing to me. And that's another reason why I wanted to do this to just kind of show people like what kind of data you could get from this little tool. Right. I had somebody text me just the other day and they're like, Hey, uh, do you really think this thing's worth it? And I was like, yeah, for 150 bucks, I think it's invaluable, you know, the amount of data that you can get from- I think the, I think that
0: might be a better purchase than just buying another release.
1: 100%, because yeah. you can get so much information out of it and they can tell you so much about what you're doing, right? Instead of just going through the motions every single day, we should always be working to be a little bit better, right? And so if we can put this tool on there, that can give us a better understanding of what we're doing and how we can make improvements to be better. One hundred and fifty dollars is a small price to pay. You know, again, that's a that's a, you know, half a dozen arrows or yeah. or a, you know, <laughs> right. not even a new release. You know, it's it's nothing when when you're talking about how expensive target archery crap is. It's nothing. Right. right? It, it, it's and,
0: a. It's a. It's. I mean you can't even buy a release for under $200 that's worth shooting, you know? So, yeah. Um,
1: it, it, it's such a good tool. I recommend to anybody to slap that thing on their bow and and use it as often as they can.
0: The, you know, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about too, um, was, uh, like one of your posts on, on uh, bear shaft tuning, um, or shooting bear shafts, you know, on a regular basis. Um, Mm -hmm. in the past, like there's been so much debate on whether it's, you know, you know, positive or, you know, negative. And, you know, when people have asked me about bear shaft tuning, like I've done it. Um, and I've always, you know, kind of when, when bear shaft tuning in the past, I've said, Hey, if, if you shoot your bow and your bear shafts are consistently hitting in one spot, then I think you're good enough to use it as a, as a tool to to help you get better but if you're shooting your bow and your bear shaft's hitting and it, it in all different you know one one shot is on the right one shot is on the left and you know you're you need to work more on on your on your on your process than before you start tackling uh bear right. shaft tuning yes. otherwise you're going to start chasing your tail um yeah. but um you mentioned that like like you're doing it as far as like 80 yards even
1: correct yeah so you'll you'll eventually what i've kind of found in the past is is i will make these tiny rest adjustments like you might get it to hit exactly with your flesh arrows at 20 yards then you go back to 30 yards and it might be a skosh right you know so you make your adjustment you bring that arrow back in to where now your bear shaft can hit with your fletch shafts at 30 just by that little tiny micro adjustment you'll eventually if you move back to 40 and kind of repeat that process you'll eventually find that sweet spot where it doesn't matter where you stand you could be at 100 yards you could be at 70 yards your bear shaft will just it'll land right in there now obviously the further away for you get from the targets any little mistakes in your form obviously it's it's going to kind of get that bear shaft out away from the group a lot faster than what a flat shaft would um but Assuming you make an absolutely flawless shot, you can be standing at 80 yards, they'll hit right in the group. And so that's what I strive to do. And I've had so many people tell me that it's not necessary, but I I swear on my life that the year that I started putting that much work into getting bear shafts to shoot, I shot so much better. And maybe it's just a mental thing. Maybe it's a placebo thing. I don't know. Um, but if it is a placebo thing and it works, you know, it's, it's that, that adage of, you know, if it, if it looks stupid, but it works, it's not stupid. So you know? I and mean, the-
0: I like no joke here. Like I, I think it works. Um, especially for bro, for bow hunters, um, and broadhead getting yes. broadheads to tune, like
1: a hundred percent.
0: Um, once we, we've been probably maybe in the last six months or so, um Hans has been using um bear shafting as a tool um when helping customers diagnose um you know bad broadhead flight. Yes. And so you know we found just even at 20 yards getting somebody to get the bear shafts hitting a little bit closer to their fletched arrows when they throw the broadhead on there like they're getting way better results.
1: Well so um, here's the deal. It. So here so so the idea behind bear shaft and and again when i set up bows and i shoot i try and be very logical about what i'm doing right i don't i've never been the person that will run my cams out of out of sync right or anything like that you used to hear a lot of people say oh hoids have to be out of sync or whatever and my question was always well why right you know because there's there's a team of engineers that sit in a room and they think this crap up and they're a lot smarter than i am and they think that the cams should be ran even so i'm gonna go ahead and run them even because logically that's what makes sense Right. So now if somebody can give me a logical answer of why to do something, then sure, I'll sit there and listen to you. But I'm never going to just do something just to do it. Right. So in my mind, getting a bear shaft to fly perfect out of your bow means that that arrow is coming out of the bow as cleanly and as efficiently as it possibly can. And if you can get that arrow to fly perfectly. So all fletchings do. Right. The fletchings put drag on the end of the arrow and it keeps it on a straight path right so if you can get the bear shaft to come out of the bow clean fletchings will keep it on that straight path so now if we can get a bear shaft to land with the fletch shafts essentially the fletchings the veins on your bow are not doing any work they're not doing anything to correct the arrow the arrows landing in the bullseye no matter what even without veins yeah so now the veins are just there to correct the inconsistencies in our shot and our in our form the little small inconsistencies that we make from shot to shot that's the only work that the vein has to do to correct right so now you end up shooting these much much tighter groups right and and you know i i've i've played with other people's bows you know i we I, I got a buddy who who has a bow set up to the exact same draw length as mine and i can shoot it basically exactly like mine and we'll stand there 80 yards and i can't shoot anywhere near the group size out of his bow at 80 yards as i can with mine and i'm like i don't know maybe it's just because i'm comfortable with my bow and you know his is a different bow but i would like to believe that i should be able to pick up any tuned bow and shoot it about the same and i can't even come close and and it's like okay is it because i've taken the time to really really tune my bow really really well or you know i i don't know i don't know what the answer is but mm-hmm. i feel like it works and because i feel like it works i'm going to keep doing it you know i don't you know it, yeah, if absolutely. people don't want to do it then fine but
0: yeah i you know it's funny i'm, I'm <laughs> seeing a consistent trend here because like like uh like i talked to wendell pretty much you know almost every day um mm-hmm. and uh he's always telling me about like the questions and the comments that people give him on his podcast, you know, when he's you know releasing information. It seems like more people are interested in telling you why you're wrong, or, well, I don't say more, but it seems like there's always like this in an archery like cause we're such a small group of people, it seems like everyone's like more interested in telling you why you're wrong and why you shouldn't be doing something. I seem to be yeah. telling it to the people who are actually, you know, beating everybody <laughs> at the moment. Well, it just sort of <laughs> boggles. It sort of it sort of boggles the mind. Like I'm I'm sitting here going like, okay, so someone here is doing something that's, you know, um, they're more successful. Like you think you might maybe just stop for a minute and, and listen to the logic and why they do it, and you know maybe it is well, a placebo, but you know they're just sharing what what you know works best for for you you again i'm you know i'm not
1: (laughs) i'm not that guy that will sit here and tell you that anything that i do is is the way right i don't i'll I'll do it for you
0: on your behalf okay don't worry about it
1: (laughs) i just i just i'm i'm not the guy that's going to sit here and say hey you have to bear shaft your bow if you want to shoot the best that you can i'm sure that there's pros out there that are a lot better than me that have never bear shafted i i don't know i i just tell people what i do and what works for me and also Everything that I do, I make the twins do it. I, you know, I tell my buddies to do it, and I see the results that they have. I would never, I would never give somebody misleading information. I always tell people, like, "Hey, try this. It's working really, really well for me." And again, you're you're exactly right. I'll get so many people, you know, and not to sound like a dick. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I'll get so many people that shoot way lower scores than I do. Tell me that what I'm doing is dumb, and it's just like. Uh, Okay. I don't, you know, I don't, I I don't understand why you say that, you know, I shoot a lot better than you do. I don't, you know, but I I don't know. You're right. There's a lot of people out there that just want to tell you that you're wrong instead of, you know, coming up with their, you know, everything that I've, that I teach and that I do is just from trial and error. It's just from like, Hey, this is what I do. It works. You should try it. If if you don't try it, or if you think blank failing is stupid, you've got a different way that works better than cool. That's, you know, if it's working for you, then then do that, but I'm just letting you know that I shoot, think if shooting you stand good in is, your garage. <laughs> shooting you know, at an elite
0: level is dumb. Like, who wants to do that?
1: I'm, I'm just telling you that <laughs> if you stand in your garage and shoot at four yards, that I think you'll get better. I, you know, I think that if you take the time to bear shaft your bow, you'll get better. I think if you take the time to put a mantis on your bow and make your bow sh- hold super super steady, I think you'll shoot a bow better. You know, I'm just I I really really like competition. I love helping people and I I want people to be as good at this as possible because I want to go to tournaments and I want to have these battles. I don't want to go there and just, you know, just win hands down or whatever. Like I want everybody around me to be really good at this so we can go there and have these these awesome shoot offs and, yeah. you know, and have it be a fun event. So, you know, I'm always trying to get people to the next level is is is. Much as I possibly can. So that's why, you know, I like doing these podcasts and I don't, I don't, you know, like I told you before we started, like I don't keep any secrets. Like anything that I know, I will tell people because at the end of the day, I can, I could take all of the information out of my brain and put it into somebody else's brain. And if they haven't done their 10,000 hours of work, it ain't going to matter. They, they still have to sit there and they have to do the practice and they have to learn how to do it. So I will give you all of the information that I, that I have figured out over the years and that I know.
0: Well, I, re- because I was at the reading that you still got to do it. I read this uh, I was reading this book by uh um by like uh by by a real famous um like uh, financial person who was talking about how he was basically sharing like tax strategies and like you know strategies for building wealth and you know and and uh, on one of on one of the questions that was asked of him um, was or common question that he got from some of his seminars and stuff was like, "Why are you sharing this with you? Won't the one percent of the population who controls most of the wealth, like, be mad at you for sharing these strategies?" And he goes, "No, he's all they won't because they realize that only one percent of the population is going to be willing to do it." <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. you know, <laughs> and, That's- and, and and it's like, and that was, and it was, and it's true. I mean, it's like it's like that with anything, right? It's like, yep you, you could you could give every you could outline. You know you could give people gold and then you know people will only be as successful as as for as much work as they're they're gonna put into it
1: that's right i got a, yeah. i got a buddy that i talk him up all the time because he came from it, the, 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 he he's gonna end up listening to this and so i'll i'll talk him up a little bit okay. um so our buddy sam he he was legitimately the worst shooter i've ever seen in my entire life if you would have asked me two years ago if Sam would ever be good at shooting a bow, I would have told you, no, like he, he won't, Sam does it for fun. You know, he wants to go out and shoot an elk. He shoots target stuff just for fun. And that's fine. You know, it's all, it's all good, but Sam's never going to be real good at this. Well, last year, Sam, he decided that, okay, I'm done screwing around. I want to be good. I'm, t- I'm tired of being at the bottom of the list every single week. I want to be good at this. So he he bought a target bow and he started coming in for lessons and He has all of a sudden completely changed himself around where before he just kind of shot once a week for fun. Now he shoots every single day and he's got this bug unlike really anyone I've ever seen besides like, you know, myself or, you know, there, it takes a very, a very special type of person to get really, really good because you have to put in the work you have to do it. And so I, I told Sam yesterday, I was like, listen, you're, you're going to get to, you know, you're getting, you're getting pretty good in a short amount of time, and you're going to have these people come up to you and be like, oh, you bought a new bow, that's why you're good, or you bought, oh, you're shooting X-10s this year, that's why you're shooting so good outside. Because I'm not shitting you, dude. He, last year, he shot, like, in the 1300s for a safari, and this, we just went and shot half a field the other day, and he only dropped 11. I was like, dude, like, yeah. what in the hell, man? Like, All of a sudden, he's like shooting really, really good, right? So I told him, I was like, listen, people don't... And we're sitting there, and it's like almost pitch black out because we've been shooting until dark, right? And it's me and him at the range. Nobody else there, and we're shooting until dark. And I was like, listen, people don't see this. They don't see the work that you're putting in right now. Nobody sees all of the hours that we put in. I was like, I shoot as soon as the sun comes up, and I shoot as long as I possibly can until I have to get into the shop." And then generally most night or most days, you know, I'll shoot a bunch in the shop when I can. And then almost every night, as soon as I close, I go back to the range and I shoot again. So I'm still shooting like four or five hours a day, right? Every single day. And people don't see that. They don't see the amount of work that goes into it. And it's the same with my buddy, Sam. People don't see how much he's putting into this. All they're seeing is that he's rapidly getting better. And they're like, oh man, it's because you know you got some lessons from blank or oh. you're shooting x10 well, you got shoot, a new p pe-
0: well, i'd shoot a lot know. better if i practiced more
1: <laughs> like well, I, and, actually but,
0: someone actually said that one time they actually said well yeah. if if i got a, if i could shoot every day i'd be better and i'm like yeah you're absolutely like no shit
1: <laughs> yeah well you know what i always tell people is you know if 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 it's important to you you'll find a way exactly. and if it's not you'll find exactly. an excuse right and and so archery is really important to me and so i find a way every single day to make sure that i that i get my time in and and it's become the same with my buddy sam you know he finds a way to do it every single day and that's why he's getting so good and people that last year would make little snide comments about how sam will never be able to beat them sam will never be at my level Sam is beating the brakes off of them right now, right? And they're sitting there, sitting, they're, they're like, "What in the hell has happened? How is Sam better than me at shooting a bow?" And I'm like, "Well, it's because she's shooting three, four hours a day. That's why, right? Like, he decided, he made the decision that he's going to be good at this. And when, when you get a guy like that to, to, to make that declaration like that, you better, you, nothing is going to stand in this dude's way." He yeah. will break down every wall that stands in his way to get to where he wants to be. I've seen it happen. I saw it with myself. I've seen it with other people. And this dude is going to get himself to a to a point where, where he's somebody to be reckoned with. And it's, it's it's so cool to see that transition. Because, again, I will never judge a book by its cover ever again when it comes to somebody's ability of where they started and where they can get to. Because when he started, I was like, Nope, this ain't for you, dude. You should go try golf. Right. And now it's like, Oh shit, Sam, dude, you're, you're getting, you're getting pretty you're getting good. good this, well, this dude, is a good stuff.
0: segue. Um, this is a good segue to my next question. Um, it, I heard we're about an hour and 15 minutes into this. Is that, is that okay? Yeah, no, you're good. All right. Um, so is Sam going to be doing outlaws? That's, that's going to be what Wendell wants to know. Probably is, is is this guy, Sam, does he need to be worried about Sam? I'm
1: going to try, I'm going to try and get him down. I'm going to try and get him down to one. I don't know if he can commit this year because he's got a new job. Um, And so I don't, he's not even going to be able to go to Redding this year, which is, which is upsetting. Um, But next year, I think he's all in on, he's definitely in new Vegas next year. He's doing Redding. I'm gonna try and get him to do the outlaw stuff. Nice. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and see if I can get him down to Fresno because Fresno's the the one outlaw this year that I can for sure do. Um, so I'll definitely be at that, and I'm gonna try Nevada City as well. But awesome with them taking you know taking it away from Oregon, it was just it was gonna be impossible for me to make three. But uh
0: yeah yeah it all is, got it which, all got kind of consolidated, and so like yeah. unfortunately for me, I'm not gonna be able to do all the outlaws either because. You know, two out of, you know, actually three, three out of uh, the four, even though they're in close proximity to where I live, are within like, you know, a, you know, you know, two, less than a two month period. And uh, that's just way too many Saturdays to miss um, yeah
1: and and for for me to have to travel yeah. down to northern california in that short amount of time when we already have to do you know redding and it's just like god I just yeah. i just you know so a lot of us guys up here that do them we rely on that on that finals being at eugene because yeah. that's something that's it's not too far away we can make that happen it's well and maybe next weekend. year
0: that might that might come back i think i mean from what i understand you know they're they're the guy the people who run the guys who run outlaw and gals, I think they're trying to eventually phase themselves out of it and are trying to get um, other people to um, get involved in it. Um, yeah. However, like what I from my observation, what I've seen is like that's been said for many years and 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 what I see is like something that's been created, and there I think they're afraid to let it go. And, and just trust that, you know, whoever takes over is going to do a good job of it. And I think at some point they're just going to have to, like, just trust whoever they choose to take over
1: and manage it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just find the guys that are super, you know, like if, if, if they ever wanted to expand and they wanted to run one in Washington, I would be more than happy to put one on up here. Yeah, they, I need, know they need an ambassador
0: always... from the local club to be yeah, able to but, handle the yeah. – the morning speech and the the rules and you know all that stuff and I mean it's not right. hard.
1: So you just got to take somebody you know like yourself or somebody that that knows all the rules that know that not not me I, I do not. Want, <laughs> no. Well, that's fine. I mean, it's just some, I mean, there, there's enough people involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're going to be able to find somebody. There's plenty
0: of people it, who just retired. Yeah. With nice pensions so, to do it in California. So, uh,
1: <laughs> so hint. Who's who's uh Who's gonna be the one that wins it this year?
0: Oh, the Outlaws? Yeah. You know it's funny? I like not, not to sound like a dick, but me and Wendell were kinda having like this uh we we were trying to create like a like A plus B and C ratings <laughs> so like of a, shooters. Like a, like so, a scale okay yeah so we were like yeah well this guy is shooting like an a right now but his partner is like a c which makes them like a solid b plus <laughs> <laughs> it's, kind of, it's
1: it's it's kind of fun to do that like you know to, to kind of like put betting odds on it or whatever
0: um know? like i actually do don't Vegas, know like- i don't I, I don't know all who's going to be shooting it so um the thing like because wendell's not shooting it i'm not shooting it. Oh, he's
1: wendell's
0: not i assumed he would be no basically wendell wendell's got the baby and so gotcha it's going to be tough for him to take two days off and then for me um like the like california like basically california you know california deer seasons come a lot sooner than the rest of the world and country so like you know with turkey season opening up on the same weekend as lodi and our shop just gets super busy on Saturdays, yeah. and we just hired Austin. Um, And uh, you know, you know, is he, he gonna
1: be able to go to all of them.
0: So because he's more involved and is helping with Outlaws a little bit, then you know, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna be a cool dude, and I'm just gonna stay back and let Austin go shoot them all, and right. you know, I'll you know w- stay at the shop and um. You know, next year well, we'll, it should be
1: his to win, then, right? I mean,
0: well, I you know, I think
1: I know Tate and Paige are going this weekend, but they're not going go to get all three of them.
0: Yeah, now I'm going to go shoot on okay. Sunday. Like I'll be there for the warm up to shoot on Sunday. I'm not missing that event. I'm just not going gotcha. to be there for the Saturday part. But um, I I mean, I would say, I mean, I, I don't, Allen Allen shooting really good right now, and and his partner. Um, Jacob is a young, is a this young guy who's been kind of shooting around the shop for the last couple of years. And, um, it's his first time shooting outdoors. He's just only been shooting indoor for two years and, uh, he's got to, I think he's going to be a strong six, probably be a, a five by the end of this yeah. weekend. And, and that's what Alan needs. Alan needs a good, strong six or five shooter, yeah. you know, you know, yeah,
1: five is honestly the best partner. Because you know a five is going to be good. They're going to be right there every yeah. time, and uh, gives you five misses if they can shoot twenty one. So, well, I mean,
0: if you were shooting them all, I'd probably like give you an A plus rating.
1: Man, I'm I'm shooting as well as I can right now. I've cleaned like three three half fields this week with forty five plus X's. I'm yeah. just shooting. got it bums me out that I can't go this weekend because I really feel like I'd have a pretty good shot. Yeah, and uh, so, but that's cool. I I uh, We'll see. Yeah, like, be, I, I guess I
0: want to see who's on the list because I don't have all the names. Um,
1: yeah, it'll be it'll be cool to see the results and, and what people are doing this year. And and I just I, I hope that you know that we just keep improving every year. You know, absolutely. people people kind of saw the bar last year. I mean, I shot what at Fresno. I dropped two and Cascadia, and I dropped two. And mm-hmm. you know, I think I think when you, at least you know we've talked about this, where on like a local level. You know, once, once people start elevating around you, you either have to elevate if you're ever going to compete or, or you essentially quit. Right. So it's, it's kind of cool to, when you get a couple of good shooters in an area, everybody around them starts to get really, really good. right? Well, it's 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 a little bit bit of a
0: fire up on, on my ass because like I got to a point where, you know, I had a tremendous amount of growth and then, and then the bar just got raised even higher. And so now I'm like, now I'm going to have to work even harder. Um, And uh, the one I'm more curious about and what I would love to see with now is Redding. For as many of us here in California that shoot the Safari game, I'm still surprised that no one has cleaned Redding yet. It's going and to it's with, really, we're within a couple of years of it. I really hope that it's someone from the West coast. Like I really, yeah, I really want it to be a safari shooter or someone from outlaws. Like that would be yeah, like awesome, be. you know? Cause I mean, that's what we play here. I mean, it's like, yeah. we don't, and it, it's, we don't it's, go so doable. We don't go, we don't go do USA archery stuff. We don't yep. go to any of the ASA or IBO stuff. Like safari is our game. You know, and like if we... you can
1: get a good day if you can get a good weekend in Reading yeah. where it's not rainy, it's not windy, it is one hundred percent doable. And and it's it we're getting to the point where it's going to happen within the next couple of years. Oh, know Somebody is happen. going to shoot a fifteen forty. Yeah.
0: I so, I have yeah. a I have a list of people who I think who could do it. Yeah. Um if yeah. I if I had a bet, I, I would say that you could probably do it. Um I, I think Wendell in the right year where he's training a 100% yep. for yep. is definitely capable. I mean, he shot 924. I mean, he's cleaned um field rounds here in, you know, in California. He's cleaned uh, Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I know you took his uh national record away and he constantly Yeah, but still, I mean, a 559 still pretty giant.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, no, for for sure. Yeah, I think you he know, could. I think I honestly think we have several guys around here that that are capable of it. I, I really do. Yeah. There's there's several guys in the outlaw tour itself, just Northern California, Oregon, a few up here in Washington that that are one hundred percent capable.
0: Yeah. I mean I even think like I, I certainly feel like uh if Austin put in the time he could definitely do it. Yeah, yeah um, I think so too. And then that's a sit. Like there's a lot of guys I know that could do it and You know, it's just, I feel like it has to be a goal and a commitment for someone who's going to want to do that.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like I said, it's going to happen. I've been really, really close at the local level. I've shot 38s before. Um, and then, you know, on the 60 targets, I've shot some, some 13, 18s, but you know, just, and, and. It, it's going to happen. I mean, I remember, like like I've talked to Wendell about you know, the 560 that I shot. I, I thought Jeremiah I,
0: Merkel I, was going to be the one who did it back in the dude, day.
1: Dude, I thought, he, yeah, I wish he would have kept shooting. Yeah. That dude was an absolute phenom. He but, was uh, a beast. Yeah, no, I, re- I remember people telling me, like, oh, you're never going to shoot a 560, and that was, like, my goal. Like, I love NFAA Field. That's my favorite game by far. And I was just like, I want to shoot a 560 in a tournament. That would be so cool, right? Like, I want to do this. And everyone's like, oh, it's you know, it's too impossible. And now it's the same thing. It's like, I want to shoot a 1540. I want to do this. And, you know, a few years ago, it seemed impossible. Like, nobody was ever going to do this. The year that Broadwater shot a 1539, it was just like, man, all the stars and moon planets aligned. Like, no one's ever going to do that again. And now we're sitting here and we're like, God, there's several people that could shoot a 1540. Like, this is going to happen. You're yeah.
0: I mean, safe. I think, I think uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, 38s were shot, you know, after that. A lot of 38s. Yeah. And, yep. um, I mean, it said, and when Broadwater did it, actually rained that year. Yeah. And, and every time that the, the Reading course had, you know, where someone shot a national record at Reading, there's been, one day of like terrible weather. There's been like something that there's been like enough excuses for it not to have happened, you know? So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking it's gonna, I'm going to go with that trend. Like, so if we get shitty weather and, and we think there's going to be a day, <laughs> That's around, when it'll happen. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> this is the year it's going to happen. You know? So like, uh, I'm, I'm so excited. I really, like I said, I really hope that it's someone you know, from a safari person who does it. So, um, anyways. Cool. well, dude, I, I really appreciate you, um, taking the time to talk with me. Um, yeah, of course man. we're almost like, you know, an hour and a half here. And I think, um, what a lot of what you have shared is really positive, And, you know, I hope more people can listen to this and gain, take something away from it and not just send me a message and telling me why they think it, it's bullshit. You know, just (laughs) if you're going to do that, like, just don't bother sending me a message. Like I've, I've blocked a lot of people. Um, I've gotten labeled as an asshole now and I think I've alienated a lot of people, but I've kind of had to do that for my own health because like, I'm, I'm tired of like negative
1: arguing with people. And yeah, Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's really so weird. People just love the drama and the sport. I just, I just don't understand it. Like, Quite. most of the, most of the dudes that we shoot with, it's just, they just, they're cool dudes and they just want to shoot a bow. And, but I don't know. It, it does seem, I don't know if it's just all sports or what, but it seems like there's a lot more drama than there needs to be.
0: Yeah. I mean, because I think we're also such a small, like small community, but right. But anyways, um, like I said, thank you so much. Um, if, uh, if there's anything in the future, if you ever want to share something like, please, uh, um, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, um, I like these conversations.
1: So yeah, man. That sounds great.
0: I'll um I'll work on uh you know, just uh editing and cleaning up the audio a little bit and then I will um let you know when I'm posting it and uh we can get it
1: out. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. All
0: right, well have a good evening and um we'll see you in um uh, maybe Fresno, but most definitely Reading. Okay.
1: Sounds good, man. All right, but have a good one. Yep, you too. Bye. will conclude this evening's entertainment.